0: Welcome to Rap in Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, Put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Dun dun. Welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg, and I'm Torian B. And um, I want to start off by saying I apologize, man, because uh, you know the way we do the, the way we do our albums here, and the way we we uh, we come up with what we're gonna do. You know, if an album comes to mind, you know, we just shoot it. Like, yo, what you think about doing this? and this album you know for some reason this artist when he releases anything like it's to me it's been gold like it's been amazing like he's known for his ear he just received a lifetime achievement award at the bet awards um so i felt like this would be fun i felt like this would be fun to revisit because his catalog from how i remember it um is phenomenal it's flawless he has a flawless ear for music so I was like, oh, yeah, why not? Why why don't we do this album? And Torian was like, all right, cool. So after this revisit, you know, it was t- it was a little tough. And I'm talking about Puff Daddy, you know, Puff Daddy, as he was known in 1999 when he released Forever. Forever is his second studio album. It followed the Flawless debut that was No Way Out that introdu- officially introduced us to the family. Um, but the second album came out. It saw some really good success. Debuted at number two. I think Christina Aguilera debuted ahead of him, but he was really gunning for that number one spot. But um, off the popularity of him being Puff and who he is, the album still did really well, but it received mixed reviews. But it's just an album that was buried in his legacy. Like people don't really talk about it. And I always wondered why, but I know why.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> like remember that he had um, the VMA Awards? When Chris Rock made the joke, he was hosting it. And he was like, Puffy talking about forever. How about one more more?" Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> re- I forgot about that. And he had everybody run up on stage. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That was Wall that was Sean and Marlon. Sean oh. Sean
1: and Marlon was was uh spoofing, spoofing Chris, Chris Rock, Rock yeah everybody okay. but Chris, Chris Rock did it and you know um he also made it uh took a shot at him and J Lo being together and shit saying mm-hmm. that J Lo can't sing it was just funny yeah but like yeah like for me and 1999 was like the height of like Puff's powers like mm-hmm. he just he he became a rap, like, he was, like, a rap superstar. Like, he was, like, one of the biggest rap rappers, like, out. And, like, that's why so many people in rap resented him. Mm-hmm. Because he understood, like, what the essence of hip-hop and rap was, because, like, <clears throat> he was born of that. Mm-hmm. But he kind of, like, went and, like, did the cardinal sin of, of crossing over to pop yeah, and becoming, like, one of the, like... He wanted to be just one of the biggest entertainers of all time. yeah. But in turn, it took him to a whole nother stratosphere. Like, basically, he became MC Hammer with street cred or, like, being allowed in. And what's funny is, is that, like, MC Hammer is, like, very much, like, certified out yeah. in Oakland streets. Yeah. But Oakland is in New York City. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: the masses might not know. But if you really think about it, there's no difference in what MC Hammer did and what Puffy did. And MC Hammer actually sold more and did it bigger.
0: Yeah, and um and a lot was riding out for, for Puff for this album. I mean, Mace had just retired. Um He was on the on the verge. He was on the verge? Yeah, he was on the verge. Like it was coming. Well, when did Double Up come out? Double Up came out in '99. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so so he was on the verge of retiring, which I'm pretty sure at this point in time, Puff probably already knew because he's not on this album.
1: Um, he's like on the hook for I forgot which song you like like yeah he,
0: yeah, he, yeah yeah i think but the song with credited. kelly price yeah the song you're right yeah but yeah he's not, he's
1: not giving any song
0: credits yeah um, um yeah so that that was already a little weird to me listening back because there aren't really many bad boy significant artists on this with the exception of i mean we saw the rise of g Dub. g Dub is on here we saw the rise of g Dub maybe a couple years after this mm-hmm. um shine is on here who he was really really bigging up. kim is on here a couple times um but this album was weird. Like it came at a weird time. I felt like he was in like this redemption type mode on this album. He was, um, yeah. But it was interesting to me why he was in that mode because he was coming off No Way Out. No Way Out was what in '97.
1: Yeah. So he was coming off No Way Out, but you got to remember after Biggie died, they was like, "Yo, your cash cow was gone." Right. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then when Mates pretty much like. He made he he formulated how to make Mace more like in like the vein of himself, mm-hmm. and then when like he wanted to know way alto like he was like the star and like he was just like yo I'm just gonna keep this going like label's gonna keep throwing money at me I'm the you know I'm the the face of this so I just think that like he was able to take it somewhere and yeah. I'm sorry guys I'm gonna go back to my MC Hammer take I know some people might not agree but think about it shiny suits dancing huge productions. Uh, re, like remixing samples from the past that making them bigger hits in the 90s like everything that MC Hammer did puffed it and I'm not even saying this as a slight because Hammer was fucking cold I enjoyed the fuck out of Hammer mm-hmm. so I'm just what I'm saying is it's just that like he he saw what Hammer did and I think he was able to make like really capitalize on it and mm-hmm. use the coolness of New York City to his advantage.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that take. I never really thought about it, but it's true. I think, um, but like you said, like, you know, Oakland isn't New York. So Puff was, in a way, a lot of what MC Hammer was, but for so much of a bigger city. Mm -hmm. So, like, it kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, For him to have, especially coming off having one of the greatest rappers ever, to pivot to the way that he did was, like... People was upset. Like I, I even read that um Q Magazine in two thousand six named this album as one of the worst hip hop albums of all time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
0: Which yeah. is which is wild to me. Because I, I don't know if it's like and I didn't wear this shirt on purpose for this reference, the Mandela effect. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know. I don't know if um I'm just remembering Puff's legacy wrong, but I just felt like every album that he's done or that he's been involved with was amazing. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out why people just kind of skip over forever or people don't talk about it. Um, So this was an interesting dig. Like, I, you know, getting getting to revisit this, you know, you got you got some prominent names on here. You got Hove on here. You got a. Um, a certain artist that just got sentenced to 30 years in prison on here. Um, you got, you got G-Depp, you got Lil' Kim, you got Shine, you, you know, you got, you got some, some heavyweights, but the sound that he went for was a little all over the place, but we'll dig in. Um, it kicks off with, with the forever intro, which is like kind of a redemption. Um, Mario Winans and Diddy produced this themselves. Um, he has some, um, report he opens it with a report of a uh, of, of biggie dying and um you know it's like a news report and then he's in the back like yeah we won't stop and there's like big burst of confidence that comes from puff that only he does it's like reminiscent of like victory type feel to it um the the bubbling beginning of it but what you think
1: um it sounds bad y'all <laughs> it, 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 the way it starts off like you just know like okay puff is uh like you you could just tell at like, this time like when puff was recording this project like he was in the studio with all his people so he had um a lot of people don't know mark curry um mm-hmm. it was like really big a part big part i don't know if he was officially a part of that the hitman but he was a part of that writing team yeah so mark curry sauce money um obviously um um D Dot, mm-hmm. um, Stevie J, he was involved on the musical side, right? Yeah, um, were around a lot at this time, and I just wonder, like, were they like competing to see who can make the corniest shit for like Puff <laughs> to say? Like, yo, I promise you, he won't say this shit with conviction. Yo, he ain't even
0: gonna realize what the
1: fuck he's like And think.
0: that's the thing about Puff, right? Like, Puff has always been able to sell his uh, his bars with swag because he'll he'll employ like the best fucking writers that that he can get but the way that he delivers it doesn't really live up to par like he's not the best with his delivery and um that's all over this album um what you want follows follows up the follows up the um the intro for example it features kim and that's a perfect example like it it's all over the fucking place the production his rhyme scheme his rhyme pattern is all over the place And I hate to shit on this man after he gets a Lifetime achievement Award. And, I mean, it's Puff. Like, we love Puff. But this album, man. Huntsman Perfectionist, it just doesn't make sense
1: what he... what, Like, we just want to know what the fuck was he going for. And when I hear it, I'm just like, damn. um, I'm listening to this album... And, like, I understand the whole formula of what he's doing, but this, of all of his, all of the projects that that he's ever had a hand in, Mm -hmm. this one, you could tell, all right, you know what, he was really going through some shit. Yeah. Like, Biggie died, Um, you know, at this time, he was trying to make sure he was keeping things going. But Mm -hmm. then also, like, all right, those are the bad things, right? But then the good things are is that, like, he was becoming more and more entrenched in the music industry. And he was working with Mariah Carey. He was working with Jennifer Lopez mm-hmm. up her on, on the sixth. Um, So I just think that he was able to, because, you know, Pop doesn't only like hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I think that he was able to really take what he liked growing up influence-wise and things that he was seeing from, like, other musicians. And he tried to infuse it into this album. And it's also this is also another reference, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, we just got this pro- the project, honestly never mind for Drake. I knew you was gonna say that.
0: hey I was gonna lead there. I was gonna do it. Go yeah, ahead. ahead. Yeah. I
1: just think that uh there's a all right, obviously Drake is a way better musician than Puff, right? So that's why like I think he gets even though he gets a lot of backlash, he gets a lot of praise for his bravery. Mm-hmm. Puff can't sing, mm-hmm. and we know that Puff doesn't write his raps. Mm-hmm. So I think with Puff, he doesn't get any slack. Cause it's just like yo, you don't have to do this, and you're still giving us this terrible music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, you're stepping out of your box. You're you're taking, you know, you're taking risks, and you don't have to. Like, yeah, you could have easily crafted this album for somebody else. Yeah, and they probably would have executed it ten times better than you are right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why so many people were upset with him.
0: I think in a sense, every big artist gets that um, gets that one album that they're like yo. They trying to these niggas trying to box me in. I need to do this so I can know that I'm still in control. I need to yeah. do something that's like off the map, you know, so that I know. Like, I mean, Kanye is the only one that kind of does it with every album. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Wayne did it
0: Yeah, Wayne did it with uh Rebirth and like he did it with a couple other albums. Um
1: Nas did it, Distant Relatives. Yeah. Snoop Shrewdor- Dogg put out a gospel album. Yeah,
0: so I think, yeah, there's a bunch of different artists that do it that kind of just pivot. To, to give you something that you don't typically expect from them and try to like force feed you that shit um yeah. and that's and diddy is in the business of force feeding like it, it's what he is like he's been this song this new song that he got with bryson tiller like he is promoting the shit out of that song and i and i just don't like it did
1: you know that, that song was like on soundcloud for like at least like two years
0: no it does sound a little old.
1: Yeah. That's why, like, it's so funny that, like, people have come up with a theory that he, it was to Cassie. To Bryson I wrote this song years ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, it has nothing to do with Cassie. Yeah. But obviously, people want to take things at the face value and try to connect dots and stuff like that. Of course. But it's not even, it's literally not a new song.
0: That's, that's interesting. Um, Well, Kim is on this song. How you feel about that? Um, I like Kim's verse.
1: Yeah, it's cool verse. Um, yeah, like I, like I, it's not anything where I'm just like, oh man, like little Kim body that verse, or anything like mm-hmm. that. And ninety nine, like Kim was already established. Like Kim had like a place. Yeah, so it was just dope to like get a verse or something like that. For she Kim, was like, in I a was
0: weird space her. in ninety nine though, right? Yeah, because Cause I cause she didn't have an album. She didn't have an album, and then also at
1: this time, I think Kim would Kim and Puff were both entering like. They were becoming they were like rubbing elbows with like some of like the most elite people. Like him went to the Met Gala that year. Yeah. And Puff. Yeah. Like think about it. Like they were like the representation for like now is normal, but like these these they were like they went to the Met Gala. They like
0: they, they were rubbing elbows with
1: like people that like we probably at 99 we would have never thought like that rappers would be allowed mm-hmm. to be around the shit like that. They were so.
0: fully there as a representation for hip hop. Right. But yeah. now the Met Gala and hip hop is all over.
1: Right. So, like I said again, like I just think that in '99, the place that Puff was at, especially you got to think about it coming up '98, right? The, one of the best years in music. Puff is like on top of the world. The No Way Out tour just—he just finished the No Way Out tour, one of the highest-grossing tours. That year or whatever like that, I think I think uh the the Rough Riders Cash Money tour was bigger or mm-hmm. was in ninety nine as well. So no, Cash Money Rough Riders tour was in ninety nine and in ninety eight it was the Hard Not Life tour. Yeah. So right, so I think the Hard Not Life tour and and the No Way Out tour like were both like neck and neck. The No Way Out tour was before the Hard Not Life tour, but that that because Jay left that tour. Mm-hmm. But it was just as big. So I just think like Pump was coming off such a high. And he had to deal with the loss of his friend. And I just think that he went into the studio and was like, I just want to feel good and wanna make whatever I want. Yeah. And no way out had did so good. Harlem World did so good. Uh Life After Death did so good. It was just like who at that label, who at Aristotle Records was going to off?
0: Yeah, that's this, true. This ain't good. This is the first, but and this is there was a lot of emphasis on this album too, because this is the first album cover, even when you look at it, like he's by himself you know Mm -hmm. so like there's a lot of emphasis on that and like i think he wanted to play into that a lot where it's just like yo i'm by myself i'm calling all these shots even though we always felt like he did in the first place but Mm -hmm. before he had all these people in the background kind of like pulling the strings and he just was the music mind behind shit um that takes us into i'll do this for you i'll do this for you features kelly price um I love Kelly Price's voice. I wish she would do more. I don't know what's going on with her. Remember that weird-ass story that came out where she was, like, missing? Yeah, and then she went on, like, Vlad and said that that's not true and debunked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I don't know uh, officially what's going on, but I do know that, like, Kelly Price has been wrong many times over and over mm-hmm. by people in the music
0: industry. Yeah, um, I hope she's all right. And it stood out to me that she she's one of those voices that could, like... I feel like the great singers know how to do this, where they can like mimic other styles of singing. Absolutely, I feel like she was doing that as Faith Evans on this song. I, I agree. So I don't know. I don't know where Faith and Puff stood at this time, but right. I'm curious as to why she wasn't on this. I think Kelly Bryce has
1: a strong voice, mm-hmm. and she's probably she probably at that at ninety eight probably was cheaper. Yeah. you because to remember this album came out ninety nine. They recorded in ninety eight. This was before her solo project came out.
0: Got you. Okay.
1: So, at that time, when they were recording this album, Kelly was probably
0: way cheaper than Faith. But wouldn't me. he... I mean, but Faith was with Bad Boy. Still. Man. Oh, okay. Um. Well, either way, I like this song. The Mace... Um, Mace being uncredited was, uh, was a little weird to me. Right. But he's definitely on it. And that yeah. probably was
1: like old vocals. Mm-hmm. Or something that they worked on before, like, Mace started distancing himself. Because remember, in 99, Mace had gotten... Struck, struck a deal with... Um, so so deaf. Okay. He started all out records and yeah. then he released the Harlem World album. And Mace was kind of like you know he was at a crossroads. He was trying to figure out what he was doing. Um, that would be cool to do the Harlem World album too. Yeah. But um yeah like you know it, it kind of like him and Puff pretty much came up with a formula and like they both fed off of each other. And, mm-hmm. You know I think like him like disassembling himself definitely threw Puff off. More I think him I think Mace disassembling himself from Puff did threw him off more than Biggie Died did. Really?
0: Well, why you say that?
1: Because as far as, like, I'm just, I, okay, as far as, like, a performer, mm-hmm. like, May, Mason Puff, that was all them two. Like, obviously, like, Biggie was the executive producer on No Way Out, and he, you know, helped Puff hone his skills as far as, like, a rapper and everything like that. But, like, he finished No Way Out, like, you know what I'm saying, like, after Biggie died. Mm-hmm mace not being around as much i think hurt him more because like i think that like mace have mace had more of an influence on like his swag his delivery and and the subject matter things that like he talked about that
0: takes us into do you like it do you want it which features hove um it's produced by Devin prestige vanderpool and puff himself um it's a very forgotten track. Yeah. Nobody talks about this song ever. Yeah. Um This is one of those beats though that like gets played on like don't
1: forget on radio. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like while the DJ's talking I don't know, which makes me a little happy. Yeah. Flex loves this beat.
0: Yeah, this is a good beat. It, it it's very ninety six, ninety seven ish to mm-hmm. me. Um and Hove kinda sounds ninety six, ninety seven ish on this song. Like it doesn't sound like ninety nine hove at all. Or ninety. Well think he recorded it in, like, 98?
1: Yeah, 98. I think he recorded that shit while he was on tour with, with him for the No Way Out team.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, the trajectory that they was both on around this time. Because, like, Puff, when... 96, 97. for ni- In 97, um, when In My Lifetime was coming out, Hove was trying to more so mirror what Puff was doing. And on um on do you like right. the shiny suit era and shit like that because that's what was in. Yeah,
1: because the money was coming and was
0: yeah, the, yeah. At that time. That's what was in. But at this time when this came out, Hove was very much in his own zone and mm-hmm. he was his own star. Yeah. And he was in his biggest year of his career.
1: Right. But I also I also uh give Puff the credit. I, I don't know if if this is a good thing, but like the reason why like a part of the reason why like he left he, the Rockefeller breakup happened also, a factor, was that Jay was getting tired of seeing a puff on the Forbes list, mm. and Jay wasn't making it because he had to split his money three ways. Uh. And like basically, like him and Puff will be talking shit. And like obviously, Jay's like I'm the biggest rapper in the world. And he's like, yeah, Playboy, but you got to split that money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would piss me off
1: too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like, that's like somebody like that's like you're a ball player. And like they like, yeah, that's cool, man. You got an MVP, but I just won a championship. <laughs> yeah, I just got the championship. <laughs> See you
0: next year. Yeah. You know,
1: that's probably why Katie, Katie did what he did with Go to State. Like, hey, yeah, you killing it right now. But like Steph Curry might like, get in the rank.
0: Yeah um but yeah man um this song doesn't get talked about but it's i'm trying to think of their other collabs and where i would place this
1: um young jesus my favorite collab from
0: Fable oh that G's. beat is amazing yeah. that's my favorite collab it's a great okay, that's cool. a great beat yeah this one super pales in comparison to that Absolutely. um so yeah it doesn't it's not even worth ranking mm-hmm. um we'll go right into the next one next one is satisfy you yeah, I mean, shit. It's an amazing song. Mm-hmm. What
1: you know? Uh, great sample. Great sample. Like it is what it is. I remember the making of the video for this. I do too. And like i I, I. It was like I was kind of like thrown off because when I was watching it, like R. Kelly really didn't talk that much. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't really like t- like it, like Puff would like did like a lot of the talking, and like at that time, you could tell that like R. Kelly's status was way like. Further along than than Puff, Mm -hmm. because like like obviously like you always think somebody, but it seemed like R. Kelly was like I'm just working man, like I'm trying to get back to the studio.
0: Right, 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 right. Just
1: get out of it, because he was just
0: always yeah. R. Kelly was always recording. Um, he had a million songs. I think he was dropping almost every year. He had like content, content. Like he was dropping albums all the time. Um, but this was a great song. Like this, everybody used to love this song back then. You know, um...
1: I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. I like the concept of it. Um, the video, like I said, was amazing. Hype Williams fucking directed his ass. So, mm-hmm. um, let's mm-hmm. kind of, like I, I think more about the when I hear this song, I, I'm, I'm reminded more of the video. Like it was a very sexy, yeah, sensual.
0: It was video. black and white,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But like the way hype did it, he made everything look like I don't know, like material, yeah, or whatever like that. But shit, yeah, like, hype you know, can do that. Yeah, man. He, he knows how to shoot. You know, people with black skin, amazing.
0: Yeah, he makes everything look super like. Expensive and like value, right? Um, is great. Um, but we'll go right into the next song, which is Is This the End Part Two featuring Twister? Oh my
1: fucking god, this song
0: is a mess. Jesus Christ, <laughs> oh
1: man, you and you want to know what this is going to circle back. So, remember a couple episodes ago where I like you know basically said the only verse that I ever want to hear from Twister is, um, is that your chick verse? Like, I don't really care for him on Slow jams. This song is a song that made me really not give a fuck about Twister, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and like man. that's why that's your chick is the exception. Like this was ridiculous. Like I understand this opportunity to get on this song with Puff. You twister, like you're the man in your city, but you really try to like cross over, but you should have told Puff no.
0: Yeah, this song is ridiculous. Like the, the beat is so all up. You can tell because I think a lot of people that worked with Twister back then was just like, well, this nigga rap fast, so it don't really even matter. What we put him on, because he's yeah. just going right rap fast. Shout but, out to
1: Puff, like understanding regional regional artists,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and also like, yo, this was a disservice to the original. Is this the end?
0: Yeah, the original is it. The, this the, is this the end? Is my shit? Yeah. Part two, like, uh this is so bad. It's a, it's ridiculous how bad this song is. Yo, man. The I'm beat, mad at
1: myself for listening to this album so. Bad.
0: It's so rugged. It's so it's gross. Yeah, we're gonna go right to the next one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's called I Hear Voices and it features (laughs) Carl Thomas. Um, it's produced by Carlos Brody, Diddy, and Nasheem Myrick. Hope I said that right. Um, I don't hate this song. I think, I think, um, I think Puff, I think the beat is kind of like, has like this chilling like undertone to it. I think the only thing that kind of throws me off with this is Carl Thomas. Carl Thomas sounds super out of place on this song.
1: Yeah, man, old-ass Carl Thomas, man. There was no reason for this shit. <laughs> Carl Thomas was fucking fifty years old in a turtleneck in July, singing that on um, the place where they used to film New York Undercover, telling everybody he was twenty three years old. What the fuck was that about, Carl?
0: Yo, I forgot about that. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I just had to. Throw but Carl
0: out. Thomas got he got some hits, man.
1: Yeah, he does. Some is the shit. I wish I never met her. That story is hilarious.
0: Oh, I wish I never met her story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this song, this song is, I don't know, I don't know, Puff, like, I would love to talk to Puff about this album. Like, where was he at?
1: Yeah, I bet you don't remember shit about this album.
0: Yeah, where was he at? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did you see his, did you see his, uh, his speech at the BT Awards when he got the achievement? I did not. It's like 10 minutes of him. Thanking mad random people. He thanked Cassie, which was like he looked in the camera and was like, Thank you, Cassie. Like it was mad, like intense. He thanked he
1: spent 10 years of his life. Bro.
0: Yeah, he thanked Bobby Brown. He uh he was thanking mad people, and I was just thinking about Babyface, because Babyface was behind him and he had to hold that award for 10 minutes. He was well, just standing there. Remember, remember when Smokey Robinson got his
1: um lifetime achievement award, the BET Awards? And what happened? And, and he made Puff hold his award. And Smokey Robinson gave a long ass speech. Oh,
0: I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. So
1: I think Puff saw that and was like, "Oh, when I get my shit, yeah, yeah, whoever got a hold my award is gonna be there for he a He was minute.
0: he was going off like it was a super. It felt genuine, but it was super bizarre at the same time. When you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I,
1: I just think that Puff is like a super bizarre person. That yeah, I tell you a story that I heard about Puff at his at his uh, at his house in in L. A. Like, he has a room where, like, you can just get get your shit off. Like, so if you got people, somebody, you can go in that room with soundproof. There's no cameras. They have lawyers, like, on site to sign NDAs and shit like that. And, like, you can just get your shit off. And, like, the word is, is like, 50 in game have gone in there. Tim um, and Drake really? have gone in there. But, yeah, like, that's crazy. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't You I said don't, 50 in
0: game went in there? How do you think in- that turned out? They said that they, them niggas, walked out and shit, like the shit was squashed. I still think they, that shit is not squashed. It's never gonna be squashed.
1: Yeah, like them niggas. They said they, Puff and Drake went in there, squashed it. Um, Jay and Nas went in there. Like that's like the word. Like they said, like niggas just like they were like yo, niggas got like a problem. Like niggas just go in there, and they just get their shit off. Wow. Like and whatever happens in there stays in there. But you gotta walk like before you go in, you got like this uh, like. There's something... Uh, NDA the you got to sign. Mm-hmm. There's lawyers on site. So, it's like, you can't go back on it. Like, you already signed this away. So, like, if this nigga go in there and break your eye socket, like, you signed it. That's like, it. Like, nigga, you're supposed to get whatever aggression in, you out. There was
0: something that came out that Puff slapped uh, Drake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I that's guy. how I he heard his
0: own. Yeah. He okayed his
1: shoulder. Zero I mean, there's some, fun, there's some funny stories about Puff out there, just in general. That mm-hmm. didn't happen at the house. They resolved it at mm-hmm. the house. Also... The other story about him throwing a, my um, a weight at um, Justin's um, football coach. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking hilarious,
0: me. Yeah, I heard about that
1: one. And then him trying to pour liquor on Kendrick Lamar and uh, J. Cole trying to break
0: Cole. it up. Yeah. Yeah,
1: man. That's why he had to change his name to Love, because he was wilding, yo. He
0: was bugging out. He was an angry man. His love era is hilarious, too. Yeah. It's just, he's all over the place, man. But we love him. Um, so, I Hear Voices is followed by Fake Thug's Dedication, which features Redman. Nice sample, right, man Redman, I think was a was a nice amount of energy for this song. Redman is always good energy. Puff, the song. Like
1: that, this is the crazy part. Like, I'll never ever take away from Puff. Like he he knows hip hop and like he fucks with niggas mm-hmm. and he reaches back. And it's always so funny because I feel like it'd be dudes that like really don't be wanting to fuck with Puff. But when Puff make that phone call, mm-hmm. niggas would be like, yo, that nigga
0: Puff just called. Yeah. From studio. Still, it still <laughs> it like, still means Yeah. It still means something regardless of his rep, regardless of what people think. Um it still means something to get a call from Puff. Yeah. Like it always will. Did you see that story? I feel like there's so many puffy stories,
1: but did you see that one where Questlove was saying how like uh he went to a root show to like support them? And he didn't like. They didn't realize that. Like they have a song where basically like they're dissing Biggie. And so like Puff like came and like went in the back he was like, you know Biggie loved y'all niggas? <laughs> like, like why would y'all disrespect him like that? Like, like we were just trying to make money. Like we were trying to birth <laughs> the hip hop and like y'all just shitting on us. Like nigga, like we making hip hop bigger. Like,
0: like y'all can do what y'all do. We not trying to stop y'all like, niggas. Y'all like y'all niggas got a thing bigger. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, like it was just mad funny and, and quest. They was probably mad quiet. And, yeah, Quest love, Like, I gotta I I gotta show you a story. We finished recording because like he said that like Puff was like really chastising them. Like, yo, why would y'all say that about big? Like, he loved
0: y'all. I could see him agreeing to go just to do that. <laughs> just to have a conversation with them. You know, that's mad funny. Um, but yeah, fake thugs um dedication is cool. Redman sounds good on it. The sample is great. Um, we don't really need to talk about. Diddy Speaks. No, not at all. Please don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can get right to Angels with Dirty Faces. Son. Mm-hmm. Like... With, with, uh, with Busy Bone, by the way. Yeah. He's Busy Bone. Bro, what the fuck? I think he sounds great on this. No. Tough or Busy Bone? Busy Bone.
1: No, Busy Bone sounds great, but it don't sound like he was rapping to the beat that, that, that he's rapping on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. That
1: don't sound like... I feel um, like Busy Bone laid that verse to another song, bro.
0: Yeah, I don't think Busy Bone came in there knowing that his vocals would be on an Earth Wind and Fire sample.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I really, I genuinely feel, don't feel like like yeah, of course Busy Bone like, and this was when Busy Bone was at his lyrical peak. This was when there was some niggas who was arguing like, yo, I think Busy Bone one of the best niggas out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and
0: especially that, in the Midwest,
1: exactly. Like that was like a thing, but and Puff again, give credit to Puff, Puff knowing. Who were those niggas to fuck with, right? But that ain't the song that he that he recorded that verse yeah. to. So that's what threw it off.
0: Puff me. and Busy Bone having a song together is hilarious. It's just right. it doesn't even sound right. Right. That um, was when
1: Busy went solo. Like I understand, yeah. like Puff knew, like Busy was on the rise. I think if his demons didn't really fuck him up, then we might be having a different conversation. But yeah.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, that's not that's not what I expected when I saw the name. It's Like, yo, Puff, Busybone. Earth, Wind, and Fire sample? Like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy. He was just reaching and doing different shit. I commend him for that. Because, yeah, this was his honestly never mind era. That's what we'll call this. Yep. Um, Gangster shit features Lil' Kim and Mark Curry. We mentioned that name earlier. Mark Curry dropped a book yeah, about so him, right? Yeah, did you read that book? I didn't read
1: the book. Um, I just... I have... Like, I I hate it because I always know a person that knows a person, and I've been introduced to a person. I've been around Mark Curry before. I've actually like had drinks with him when I was younger at Justin's in Atlanta, and um, it's so unfortunate that things didn't work out for Mark Curry and what he expected with the with the music industry stuff. Mm-hmm. Mark Curry was very very close to Sean, so um, I'm hoping now that like Puffin and Sean have made amends that maybe Mark Curry is back around. I'm pretty sure that, like they like things have been patched up. You think like, he needs
0: him around, though? You think he's an asset? Um, Mark Curry,
1: I, it's not even that. I just think that, like, uh, at times, Puff's like that. have, Puff likes to have familiar faces around hmm And people that know how to, like, act around him. hmm And Mark Curry is absolutely just one of those people.
0: And, like, used to his shit. And yeah. used to, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, I, I just think that. I don't know if he's around every day, like, say, like, uh, his friend that just came off from jail, Corey Jacobs. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure Mark Curry is like back in the fold. I, I hope so. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mark Curry, like he just, like, I mean, he, his name was Mark Curry. Like, I just feel like as a rapper name and I just wasn't going to get him anywhere in the first place.
0: He sound like a security guard. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, I think, like, he literally, you don't know he looks like. He looks like the dude from Hanging with Mr. Cooper.
0: Um... um... Oh, Mark Curry? Yeah. <laughs> that was literally his name. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like he just wasn't going there. Like, go, bro, like what are you thinking? Like with that name? Like, and you manage your career didn't go far? It? Like, it's your fault. Like Yeah, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> like, it's just just was it just wasn't gonna happen for you. Like he did great ghostwriting, like he helped Puff write some hits. But come on.
0: Oh, oh man. Uh... Yeah, yeah
1: today's jokes. Today's jokes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: Um, that'll take us into, well, PS1 to 12 interlude. Nah, it's funny. Whatever. We'll go right into the next one. Next one is Pain. Pain features g Dep. Um, I like, I like when Puff gets into storytelling mode. Uh, this is like reminiscent, this one was reminiscent of Warning, where like all the things that he's talking about, police sirens, blah, blah, blah. Like you hear them. Yeah. It's like super theatrical and it puts you in a moment. It's not as good as Warning, but I like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I like the G. Dep hmm you know? G. Dep, G. Dep makes yo man. I he was a G-Dep good Depp
0: rapper, man. man. He was a good rapper. He it was. Really,
1: it really disappoints me, like what happened, what has what has come of the deputy's career. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a huge G. Dep fan. I just thought that nigga was dope.
0: G. Dep could rap, man. He yep. really could, and he had a he had one of those commanding voices. Yeah, when oh, he rapped. Yeah,
1: bro. Yeah, he just did. Like, that was I just, dope. Yeah. Think about it, yo. If you really think about it, the the the, the second... The, no, so the third roster for Bad Boy was pretty strong if, like, fucking shit didn't go haywire, You have Sean, you have G-Depp, you have Black Rob.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Um, that, like, so Total's gone. Mm-hmm. I think Faith was on her way out, right? I think Faith just went straight to, our stuff yeah. to say, oh, She Yeah. I forget if she was, like, lingering around, right? And then you gotta think, like, So, this is 99, so 2000. So, right? So, that era around that time, Mm -hmm. like, he had a strong roster still. Yeah. Like, Sean
0: goes to jail. Sean
1: goes to jail, right? But then that allows him to shed a light on on G-Dep and Mm -hmm. Black Rob. Black Rob has Woe. G-Dep has two hit records. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, boom, Puff is able to drop the side continues in
0: 2002. And then right. um this yeah. is the remix. Right. I, this or is I the invented remix. the remix. Yeah. And then after
1: that he goes to reality television, yeah. dream, day twenty six, the Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like people like It kinda all just it's, flowed. Yeah. It's funny how people love to say that Puff fell off, but like it was a while before like the bad boy roster really got shitty.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think when people say that, they more so talk about the quality. Cause like after a while, he had a bunch of artists that you line up for um that were like kind of one hit wonders,
1: but yeah, okay. I, and then I forgot.
0: Bad boy South, yeah. Eight ball MJG, mm-hmm.
1: um, G. Well,
0: Boys, Boys in the in hood.
1: hood, Young Jock. Mm-hmm. And even though I'll say this, I like Eight Ball MJG. I know he was more hands on with, but Boys in the Hood and Young Jock, he wasn't. That was yeah. more so um, block. Mm-hmm. But that was just like you know another entity. So what I'm just saying is, is like. Okay, yeah, it's one hit wonders, but it's like they still want to talk. Like they were still st- like if you if you compare like Puff is like Bad Boy. I think that we make the mistakes with a lot of these rap labels. Uh, they're not like fully independent. They're signed to other labels, mm-hmm. right? Like, but Puff, Bad Boy as a whole label was still competing with Arista. Period. Yeah, because he, and he's the face. Every yeah, every genre. They have comedy. Mm-hmm. They have comedy. They have country. They have all these different like genres and like. I think when people say, like, a a label is falling off or a label is doing that, I don't think that they take into account how well, like, they're doing with these one-hit wonders, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote. Like, think about it. Machine Gun Kelly is still signed to Bad Boy. Yeah. So I get it that, like, all right, yeah, like, he doesn't have, like, the hottest rapper out anymore. But, like, Bad Boy is still... Like, Janelle Monae is signed to Bad Boy.
0: Still? Yes. That's crazy. And And, And think about
1: that. Like, think about the fact that, like, somebody, like... What bad boy has like transitioned into, and like obviously, like I believe, like Puff doesn't run the day to day anymore. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like the effect of like Barry Gordy with Motown, right? Yeah. But it's just the fact that like people say that, and it's just because it's not like in your face, they just assume that like something has fallen off, and it's just like no, like because like Puff still, when they originally came around, he still signed those artists. Puff was still finding people.
0: That's kind of what he accustomed us to, though, like right. him being like in your face, and so when we don't see him, we feel like. Something is up. I'm so know? glad that he didn't. Now, imagine him just being in Janelle Monae videos. I know, and she kind of does her own thing, and people don't really even know that she's with Bad Boy, so that's cool. Yeah. Um. Even even this new single that he dropped is not under Bad Boy. He opened it's Love Records. Love Records. Yeah. So he has like a subdivision, like a R and B fully. Um. Full of. Uh, Label, so I'm interested to see what he does with that too. But yeah, so I think R&B Puff is uh, is always a go-to. Like he he has a lot of his highlight moments in music are with R&B. So I want to see what this new album sounds like mm-hmm. and what he builds from this label. Um, so let's see. That's followed by Reverse. Reverse is the posse cut. I didn't know, would exist. You got Shine. You got G Dep. CeeLo, Busta Rhyme, Sauce Money, and Redman on this song. Right. I want to talk about Sauce Money, bro. Yeah. Sauce Money, right, is one of those rappers
1: that, like, back in the day, like, they used to always, like, I remember my, so, I've talked about a few times, my boy Tyson. Tyson was a huge Sauce Money fan. And, like, sometimes he would argue that Sauce Money had better verses than, like, Jay. Mm. Because, like, he would always, like, say, like, these, like, like there was so many niggas on my, on my balls, I thought I lost my dick, like shit like that, like
0: or right? uh, something. The way they duck sauce, um, yeah, right, yeah. I, I forget the line.
1: Yeah, every every I thought niggas was Chinese the way they duck sauce. Yeah, right. So it was like he always gave like these one liners, and on this on this album, he does the same thing. And like I remember, like people just always like reference that, and I'm just like, yo, Sauce Money was dope, and like he could
0: rap well. But come on, guys! Like, like he said on this one, he said, "I'm the virgin, I'm the virgin of hip hop. Nobody fucking with me." I was yeah, like, I don't like that. <laughs> like he
1: was, it was just like he was just sneaking in there. He was just able to get so many punchlines in there. Mm-hmm. Like it just like it's funny because he's actually a really good rapper. He wrote, "I'll, miss, like, I'll be missing you mm-hmm. for his mom," and gave it to Puff right but I just think like yo he could actually just write a song without
0: these ridiculous ass fucking personal yeah but he just refuses not to it became like his thing though yeah it's just funny I wonder, like, what's he up to? Like, what's his story? I don't know, but
1: uh, I, I, I'm i an avid watcher of the My Expert, opi- expert Opinion um, podcast with Matt Hoffa. And apparently, like, he's going to be, like, the next guest. And I'm really excited. Oh,
0: that.
1: he is? Yeah, because I want to hear more about um, his situation with Rockefeller mm-hmm. and why it took so long for his solo album to come out.
0: His solo album came out?
1: It came out, but, like, it definitely
0: is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But um. But yeah. This this song. Um. Who would I say had the best verse? I think probably Shine. Shine had Shine and Busta. Shine and Busta sounded really good on this. I don't know what the fuck CeeLo was doing. Um. Barely remember G-Depp on this. Barely remember Redman on this. It was a very random song. Man. I just think what it the was
1: told at this time that Redman was around Puffs so much. Yeah,
0: I do too. I do too. In '99, what was going on with? What's that? Uh,
1: um, that malpractice. Who? Oh, Redman. Yeah. Redman was fresh off of blackout with Red, with with um, Method Man.
0: When did Malpractice come out?
1: I don't even really know. I don't really know what album that is. You
0: talking for Malpractice? let will see though. Malpractice. Redman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was two thousand one. So it had to be Dox the name.
1: Dox the name was two thousand. Yeah. That was the yeah. I'm telling you, this was off a of blackout. The album with Method Man, Redman.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, Dox's name was 98, but it was called Dox's name 2000.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Yeah, okay. so they could have been around, you know. No, nah,
1: Blackout was, so Blackout had to be out of, <sighs> maybe you're right, no. No, Blackout was 98 as well, so both mm-hmm. of them was out of the same time. Could you, okay. Can you check that me, please? Blackout. Um, Blackout? Yeah, I, I'm actually curious now.
0: Let's see here. Yeah, 99.
1: 99? Yeah, okay. September,
0: right. actually.
1: Right.
0: Yeah.
1: But they were on the, on the Hard Knock Life tour mm-hmm. as well, like opening and
0: stuff. So. And that came out, yeah, that came out a month later. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they was around each other. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I, I like that Red Man pops up on his album. I always enjoy Red Man features. Um, Real Niggas follows that up. Real Niggas features Lil' Kim and Biggie. And Solid. Sounds good. I can't remember where this verse from Biggie is from.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm like, I didn't like it was just frustrating. Like, stop doing that to us. Don't yeah. give us like he you know what I'm saying? Like, don't give us this Because
0: Biggie didn't Biggie didn't Biggie was a very like he didn't have that grind that Pac did. Yeah. He what he didn't sleep in the studio. Yeah. So giving us all these leftover shits from from Big is annoying. Cause when I hear it, I'm like, all right, where's this from? Yeah. Where's this from That's
1: what i'm saying so it was like yeah I, I didn't care for this song solely for that reason
0: yeah um kim sounded good of course um but yeah that takes us into journey through the life journey through the life features uh um Nas, kim siegel half pierre talking shit um, Nas sounded really good on this I like Nas on this yeah. Siegel, Another case of Where's this verse from That shit has been Haunting my mind I'm like Yo where the fuck Is this Seagull verse from it's Cause I've heard it Yeah maybe he did it On High 97 or something Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, It was very interesting to me Like like The the group of people That Puff got together I'm like I bet you can't tell these niggas Even are gonna be on this song Mhm. Um, it just was interesting. Um, half Pierre is somebody that's very interesting to me because it's like, you don't see him anymore at all. You mm-hmm. went from seeing him all the time looking, you know, Harp Pierre got that like surprise face he always got, like, he was looking surprised and shit. Just like a big baby. He's, you know, he's bald-headed. But, uh, yeah, like, it's just... Like, I'm not mad at it. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, it just seemed like Puff was just like, yo, I'm going to just get everybody on this shit. Yeah. You know, Beans, I think you nice. now I think you well, nice. Well, it was
0: around, yeah. you know. it was probably just around. Yeah.
1: in the studio, just In their own
0: ones. sessions. Because, the I mean, the truth came out in 99, I think. Yeah.
1: And I think, well, at this time, like, you know,
0: Puff did hate me now. Mm-hmm. And this was pre-Steve Stout ass whooping. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, these people were just around. Yeah. And then um Journey through life is followed by Best Friend, which features Mario Winans. Um terrible song. The song is terrible.
1: Like I can't believe people sat in the studio. Like I get it, like he's puff, and it's like, you
0: know, you don't really want to say a lot to him. That's God exactly damn. bro, that's exactly why though. Like it that's nobody's gonna say anything to Puff. Yeah, and his temper problem, his temper problem was yeah. like, on the roof at this you time. Tell him a song is bad, you might get hit with a barbell. <laughs> you don't know what he's capable of. This nigga's crazy. I'm mean, It's like, all right, yeah, man, this shit is dope. What I'm gonna say? Yo, puff, I'm not. You not what? <laughs> <laughs> you not what? You not what? Is crazy? Cause what you gonna say? What you gonna say? Remember, like on last call when when um when Kanye was like, yeah, I mean, I was on the bus, you know what I'm saying? I was on the train. I, I I'm not gonna say nothing. That's how niggas was probably thinking. What you gonna say to puff? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's followed by a mad rapper interlude, which was interesting that he brought back. Yeah, how we feel about this one?
1: Nah, I love the mad rapper interludes. I love all of them. I I actually would like it if somebody would like make a live like live action versions or cartoon versions of each mad rapper skit.
0: That'd be fire, actually. That'd I would be, love it. That would be fire. Um, but yeah, it's nothing nothing really crazy about this one. And they got Cheddar Dog, and I did a track on Mesa album. And I ain't gonna lie, whatever. Like it's just it's nothing that nothing that's a big highlight in this one. Um, so it was kind of a kind of a wasteless. He didn't really use it the way he could have. Right. Um, and then the album wraps up with PE Two Thousand Hurricane G with the feature it's produced by Puff. This was the first single from this album that actually had me excited. Um, this was a great song. Yo, this is, it's crazy. This is the lead singer still, last song of the album. hmm
1: That's interesting to me. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, it was, a, it was a play off of, um, the Public Enemy song mm-hmm. by Chuck D and Flavor Flavor in the game, in the Bomb Squad. I just really enjoyed it. I wish that he would've got Flavor Flavor to, to just be talking shit on like That
0: would've him. been dope as fuck.
1: Like, I think that would've probably, like, better served things if he would've just got just got flavor, flavor. Just talk shit, mm-hmm. opposed to Shorty that he got. What's her name? Oh. Shorty that he got to talk shit. Oh, Hurricane G. Yeah, Hurricane yeah. G. There was no point for that. He should have mm-hmm. just got got flavor, He wasn't doing shit in '99. You know?
0: Um. Yeah. So this was this was uh after his assault that this came out right on Steve Stout. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he was. Puff was like uber fucking famous. He released a Spanish version to this song. Joe, son, the fact that?
1: that, yeah, he, he was on a Puerto Rican parade float performing this shit and then he put the video, I thought that was hilarious, bro. I was like, man, he really leaning into this shit with mm-hmm. j That shit was crazy.
0: And that shit went off, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It did, bro. It's crazy. Um, What a time, man. But, that brings us to the end of this album. Um, As you have been tuning in and hearing... Wasn't very good. Uh, I would give this album One and a half, half waffles.
1: I get this. I, this is the first time I've ever done this. I get
0: this album a fucking zero out of five. This album is shit. This album. This album is not very good. Um, yeah, man. I even feel generous giving it one and a half. This album. Because
1: I mean you got it got public enemy
0: two mm-hmm. thousand only I mm-hmm. it, but nah fuck this album. It got public enemy, it got satisfy you, it got I never need anything from this album though. Yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah man, I will give this a zero. Yeah, man, fuck this. I song. don't need anything from this album. Nope. And I think and I think this album, um, you know, going into this, I really am curious about uh Puff's creative process with this album, like what he was thinking, what he was trying to do, what he wanted to accomplish. Um, I'm always curious about the pitfalls of these artists when they release shitty music, cause I want to know where their mind was at. Did he really fuck with this shit when he was doing it? Oh yeah, he, he was loving it. You know, um, he was loving it, but I
1: bet you ain't playing it no more.
0: Nah, this ain't this ain't this album has been unwritten from his legacy. Nobody talks about it. Absolutely. Um, that you know how on um on the internet people love to. On this day, twenty five years ago, this album I've ain't, never nobody seen does that, for yeah. this album <laughs> ever. <You're laughs> Make right. it celebrate no way out like Clockwork. Yeah, i no, You're yeah, hundred percent right. Nobody I, does never, that for yeah. this. Never. And it's always you know this, uh, this so this episode was to feed my curiosity. I gave myself homework with this album, and yeah, now I know exactly why. I know exactly why. So um, so. Thank you for entertaining me for this um, (laughs) and for sitting through it. But, yeah, that's it. You don't need to revisit this album, but Puff's legacy is cemented. It's not in question. Um, I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. We out of here.